It's the last day of May, and on the heels of spending exactly 24 hours remembering, hopefully, the tremendous sacrifice that men and women throughout our nation's history have made for our freedoms, i.e. their humility, their courage, and boldness, well, on the heels of that, our country is going to turn its attention to the worst kind of celebration possible. The celebration of one's genitals. Pride Month is coming. And today we talk about how it's coming, not just for our society, but for your children. And my daughter is back for the segment called The Conversation to inform parents on what you need to know on how to protect your children from online predators in today's crazy internet is everything generation. It's May 31st, and this may be the most important night of the week for you and your family. It's The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. Yeah, I you know I always like to make a side comment there about how this is you know your favorite night of the week, but this one might be the most important night of your summer. Summer is upon us; is almost upon us in many respects, but it's upon us in the fact that you know Memorial Day is behind us. Here's June, so June, July, August, summer is here, and it is season five, episode twenty nine on the deep. I almost forgot to do that. Make sure you're hitting that like, subscribe button, and the notification bell to get notified on your smartphone device every time we go live. Tomorrow begins a month long celebration of human pride. What's your response going to be? Hopefully two things. Hopefully two things. Ready? Humility and wisdom. Humility and wisdom. Because when you lack humility, uh, you do not attain wisdom. That is just a fact. And eventually, if you don't attain wisdom because you lack humility, you just become a proud fool. Let us not forget what God thinks of human pride. The book of James, first 6, chapter 4, says God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud. We should just say that every day this year, this month. God opposes the, but gives grace to who? To the humble. Or Proverbs 11 too. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is what? Wisdom. You want wisdom for your life? Humble yourself. You want foolishness? Exalt yourself. And that's why this month bugs me so much in our culture. Uh, another passage, Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. In other words, you know what a fool is? A fool is somebody who thinks they're always right. A fool is somebody who never thinks they're wrong, who thinks whatever feeling they have, or whatever idea that they have, it must be right because they were born that way and they're ty- tired of hiding it. So they're here to celebrate it and make you accept it and endorse it. And we're living in a generation where everyone is a foolish proud person because everyone thinks they are wise in their own eyes. Now, even Elon Musk is weighing in this morning with a tweet about the sudden onset of everything LGBTQIA, LMNOPQRS, hashtag, ampersand, sign, period, colon, semicolon. He tweeted out a picture today that looks like this. June is almost here. It is a picture of a guy screaming as he watches a cloud forming, a tornado forming with all the LGBT you know, symbols, and of course, is missing a bunch of bunch of bunch of uh, progressive sexual flags there. But you know, even Elon Musk is like, enough is enough. It's like it is going to be scorched earth. Am I right? For the next thirty days.
And I was thinking about the fact that Elon, Elon Musk tweets this. Elon Musk tweets this, and he's going to get a bunch of hate over that. I know that for sure. And I, I want to start something here today. I know I talk a lot about Elon Musk because first off, he's from South Africa. My wife is from South Africa, so there's that connection. The other thing is, is that he's just super cool. And I, you know, I drive one of his cars and I really like it. So anyway, Elon Musk, it's, I'm going to start something here on the deep end. I want to call it the Elon Musk Salvation Watch. And today is day one. May 31st, 2022, because I don't know if this guy is coming close to coming to Christ. He sat down with the creators of the Babylon Bee a couple of months ago. They talked to him about Jesus. He's like, yeah, I like Jesus. He's a pretty cool guy. I mean, he didn't surrender his life to Jesus that day or anything like that. But man, he keeps coming closer and closer to, I don't know, common sense, which leads to truth, which leads to Christ. Like the, the further that you search for true truth, the closer you come to Christ, just look at Jordan Peterson as an example of, of how a man who is in the quest for truth has, has suddenly come to love the truth that is in Christ Jesus and, then, and is now on Joe Rogan experience talking about how Jesus's crucifixion is, is the ultimate sign of, of what we're made to, to look at and love. I mean, it's just amazing to see his, his transformation. Could Elon Musk be next? Here's why. He tweeted this picture out yesterday. I had to retweet it and quote it because it's a picture of someone saying, am I being tested again or is this one of your hardest battles? And this is the person looking at Jesus. And Jesus, with his crown of thorns in the picture there, says back to the person, you literally just need to put down your phone and go outside. And, and Elon quotes it saying, literally. Like, this is what leads me to Elon Musk's salvation watch. Is this man coming to Christ? And wouldn't it be wonderful? I'm praying that he does. I'm praying that he does. Not because he's Elon Musk but because hell is real. I pray for everyone that I know as best as I can, as often as I can to remember, to pray for people to come to Christ because there's no life outside of him. Anyway, just getting started today. Let's get into a segment we haven't done for a while. It's called So Obvious News. So, 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 obvious. so obvious news. It's obvious. So imagine having to have the Mayo Clinic do a study to determine if a biological male who pretends to be a woman to compete against biological women in swimming has an unfair advantage. Imagine needing the Mayo Clinic to do a study to determine that for you. Well, evidently, some people are so open-minded their brains fell out and they needed the Mayo Clinic to confirm this through scientific discovery. Yes, Leah Thomas, the man pretending to be a woman in the NCAA swimming competition, does indeed have an unfair advantage. Michael Joyner of Mayo Clinic doctor and prominent physiologist Ross Tucker have both confirmed from a scientific standpoint. These people are... They don't have kids. From a scientific standpoint, that a biological male swimmer, Leah Thomas, absolutely does have a biological edge over teammates and competitors. And both experts have confirmed that testosterone, testosterone, not his feelings, is a deciding factor in Thomas's advantage and that no amount of hormone therapy can probably mitigate that to any relevant extent. Now for the proud fool part, right? The culture of proud fools. The next part of the article, read this with me. Thomas commented on the issue as well, expressing wishes to just be able to allow, be allowed to swim. Quote, I am a woman just like anybody else on the team. I, are you serious? Like, no, you're not. You're not a woman just like everyone else on the team. And he goes on, I've always used myself as a swimmer. It's what I've done for so long. However, the next article, the next paragraph, many other people detract from his opinion his teammates have gone on record more than once saying not only do they consider the situation to be unfair and unjust, but that many of his teammates feel the same way, but are afraid to speak out on the issue. And more on that in a moment. At one point, teammates even complained because Thomas would blatantly disrobe in front of them at times visibly sexually aroused. 
Like, if you're a parent of one of these girl swimmers, how are you not tearing that child out of that school and running for your life? Seriously. I mean, even tennis legend and lesbian Martina Navratilova, when interviewed, said, I played against taller women. I played against stronger women. and I beat them all. But if I faced the male equivalent of Leah Thomas in tennis, that's biology. I would have no shot and I would have been livid. I mean, you know, things are getting cray cray when myself and Martina Navratilova agree about something. But this just speaks to the larger problem of pride, proud fools in our culture, which scripture talked about 2,000 years ago, so relevant today. Romans 1, claiming to be wise, they became fools. God handed them over to their foolish hearts. And so, my friends, tomorrow it begins. Scorched earth, Skynet going live. Here it comes. Everywhere is going to be pride, gay, bi, trans, asexual, pansexual, polysexual, me-sexual. I mean, everything. Just a celebration at the temple of the genitals for 30 straight days. Here comes the pride. A couple of examples for you. Instead of teaching math and reading, kids in New York City schools will now learn how to apply drag makeup. Proud fools. Or consider this from a bar in Dallas, Texas, putting on a drag show for children. A bar, a bar is putting on a drag show for children, including the opportunity for some kids to perform with the drag queens on stage. Or how about in Arizona, where a school counselor, the school counselor's name is Zobella Brazilvenik, and she advertised arranging a drag show for students, but then just a few weeks later was accused of having sex with a 15-year-old student. Amazing how often those two things go together. And then in Indiana, a pride event with a drag queen performance is being advertised for, quote, all ages. And they are encouraging kids to bring cash so that the kids can tip the drag queens. This is getting crazier and crazier. A public school in Ankeny, Iowa, I believe. Yeah, they had a drag queen performance during a talent show. The school later claimed they didn't know this was happening and they are investigating the matter. Evidently, the teacher in charge was placed on leave, but no one can confirm that it's actually happened. And then New York City. Gee, I wonder why they're hemorrhaging population. New York City. Elementary, middle school, and high schools across the city have teamed up with the Drag Story Hour NYC organization to bring drag queens to schools to read to kids. And not just New York City, but even North Carolina. And North Carolina preschool uses LGBT flashcards depicting a pregnant man to teach kids colors. <laughs> this is insane. And this wasn't even during Pride Month. This is during May. The principal confiscated the cards. Thankfully, he's investigating the matter. And he's quite concerned that it actually happened. But consider that they're teaching people about the color white by using a white male, quote unquote, pregnant man. <laughs> <laughs> Scorched earth, everybody. Proud fools. From the DailyMail.com. This is from the Bronx in New York City. A child care worker is arrested for making porn with children you're supposed to be looking after at the daycare center. Police suspect he'd been dealing in child abuse since 2011, and he worked there for, two, uh, for 10 years. Now, I know what some people are going to say, some of the haters, some of the opponents of this content. Some say don't dare equate those vile pedophiles with the LGBT movement. They, they have no relationship to each other whatsoever. Oh, yes, they do. Remember a while back when I reported on Dr. Alan Walker, an old Dominion University professor who was caught defending pedophiles as simply, quote unquote, minor attracted persons. Remember that? And the New York Post did a story called it. It said professor placed on leave after saying sexual attraction to kids is not always immoral. 
Like, imagine being able to get away with that. Imagine being able to get away with that. Well, well, he wasn't. He was, he, he was subsequently fired. But then he was recently hired by none other than the Johns Hopkins Moore Center uh, for the Prevention of Child Sexual Abuse. What? The guy literally wrote the book on defending pedophiles. The title of the book is A Long Dark Shadow, Minor Attractive People and Their Pursuit of Dignity. I, I don't think that the words minor attractive people or pedophiles and dignity should be in the same sentence. But call me old-fashioned. Call me a bigot. I mean, this sounds like, if you remember from the Boston area, when Cardinal Law in the Catholic diocese there was just moving the sexual predator priests around from parish to parish and never bothered to investigate or hold any of them accountable. It seems like the public school system or the university school system has taken a page from good old Cardinal Law. Oh, by the way, what happened to Cardinal Law? The Pope moved him to the Vatican and he died in peace, was never held accountable for his abuse, his blatant disregard for the welfare of children. Then in Milton, Wisconsin, students were treated to a drag queen performance by a drag teacher during school hours. Remember when they used to teach kids civics and math? On and on and on it goes. My friends, get your kids out of public schools. Get your kids out of public schools as soon as you possibly can. Because here is a sad statistic. Even if people see something, they will not say something. They're too afraid, they're scared, they're worried. What are people gonna think if I actually, I don't know, have the boldness to confront this nonsense. This is from ChristianHeadlines.com. A recent poll found 90% of Americans oppose sex change surgeries for minors, but many are too afraid to speak up. So, so, so I, I want you to think about this article headline for a second. 90% of Americans oppose sex change surgery. 90%, the vast, overwhelming majority say this is not right but they're too afraid to say something. We could back this story up, just back the story up because the content would be different, back it up a few years and it would say something like this. Majority of Americans oppose LGBT curriculum included in public school system, but many are too afraid to speak up or back it up a few more years. Majority of Americans oppose gay marriage, but many are too afraid to speak up or back it up even more. You know, I'm sa you know what I'm saying? Like this is how the enemy has worked for, for millennia. He traffics in fear. First Peter describes the enemy as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. A roaring lion, not a chewing lion, which means that all he does is he roars and he scares. He scares good people from saying anything. The story from the ChristianHeadlines.com article says the survey found that nearly two-thirds of Americans, 64%, do not believe transgenderism is a healthy human condition, while 36% said it is healthy. When asked if they would be willing to speak up for their beliefs regarding transgenderism, 34% of respondents said they believe it is unhealthy, but are not willing to speak up out of fear of offending others. While 30% of respondents agreed that it is ultimately unhealthy, but said they were willing to speak out. Like this is, again, what we talked about with pastors a few weeks ago. If we can't offend for the sake of truth, then we're hurting. We're all going to fall for a lie. And let me be 100% clear here. Christians, listen to this. Humility does not mean silence. Because, because the fact of the matter is that the people who should say something are being silenced by the people who are saying everything. And the people who are saying everything are just a bunch of proud fools. Like the subtext for this is when the wise and humble say nothing, the morons say everything. Or to quote Martin Luther King Jr., our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. And I don't know about you, but my kids matter. 
I have a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 10-year-old. My 10-year-old is in pub, is not in public school. He's in school. Uh, he's going to a Christian school next year. Thank God. And you know what would be really great for some Christians who can't afford Christian schools? It would be great for other Christians who can help them pay, help them out and pay for their kids to go to Christian schools. Let's, let's love one another and keep our kids out of this crazy indoctrination center called public education. When the wise... When the wise and humble say nothing, the morons say everything. And then life starts to imitate crazy art. I give you this picture. This was sent to me via text. It's a man saying with a poster board, he's got a mask on and a beard there. And he says, my mask protects Ukrainian pregnant men from climate change. (laughs) It's kind of funny. And it's kind of like on the nose about how we all think that these crazy little things are connected, a.k.a. science. Like also sciency, like you know, like, honestly, some people actually I would think believe that, right? But this is supposed to be a meme. This is supposed to be, you know, an exaggeration of reality. But now life imitates heart art, because this past weekend a man went to see the Mona Lisa, dressed as an old woman in a wheelchair, and threw cake at the glass protecting the painting, to protest. I kid you not, climate change. Yes. In the name of fighting for climate change, a man dressed as a woman in a wheelchair threw cake at the Mona Lisa. My friends, what on earth? How do we get, how do we get here? Uh, pride and foolishness. Pride and fo- pride leads to foolishness. In 30 days, our world is going to be much more foolish. Because pride leads to foolishness. A grown man thinks like this now. Let me destroy a world-famous historical painting for the sake of getting people on my side about climate change. And let me do this dressed as a woman, dressed in drag, because after all, that's what really gets respect in today's generation. Foolishness. Where does it come from? Pride. Proud fools are running the show because the humble and the wise are saying nothing. And that's what this world is. There's a way, friend, to be humble. And still be confident and say something. If you see something, say something. I say this all the time. Like every episode. If you see something, say something. I, I've got a uh, public educator in my church and, and, and she's been going through this. She's been saying something because I've been talking about it. As a pastor, I talk about it. She's been saying and 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 she's getting some people on her side. She's getting some people to wake up to reality, the truth. It's just, you know, that's what the Nazis did. They they silenced those who, you know, opposed the regime. That's what that's what Mao did. That's what Stalin did. You just, you just make everybody on the other side look like a ridiculous old-fashioned fool and get them to shut their mouths. And then the truth is never heard and people fall for more and more lies and i hate it when it happens in the world but i especially hate it when it happens in church even the church is losing its prophetic voice like we talked about two weeks ago a florida church this is from dailymail.com was blasted for hosting an event for kids that features a drag show and a forbidden queer literature segment yes this is at uh, naples united church of christ in florida and it was going to host this event for kids ages 12 to 18 to uh, hang out with drag queens and read forbidden queer literature. And they're supposed to list their pronouns on their you know, uh, registration form. In addition uh, to the drag show, they were going to have discussions on inclusive sex education. <laughs> the pastor of the church resigned recently. It's unclear whether the resignation was a result of the backlash to the event. And the event, of course, comes in response or on the heels of Florida passing a bill banning discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity for schools uh, up to third grade. I went to the church's um, Instagram page, and so far, at least as of this morning, they still have 
the post about the event with a link to Wink News talking about the event. And 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 then it says, um, you know, here's how you go there. And thank you for reporting on it, Wink News. And some people would say, you know, um, how, how, how do churches get here? And, and I just look at the building for a second. Let's just take a look at a building. What do you see? What do you see? I, to the right of the building, there's kind of like this, I don't know, is like a, a, they call it a labyrinth maze looking kind of Illuminati thing. And I would just say that when you see that, you know, in front of a church, that's the time to. Yeah, get out of Dodge, you know, <laughs> because some churches, they are so, they are so open-minded, their brains fall out and they think, okay, let's just adopt all these pagan rituals and symbols and bring them into the church because after all, maybe they were all right and we were all wrong. Like, there's just a loss of confidence in the truth that leads to an acceptance of falsehoods. Um, but how do churches get here? Simple. Pride among their ranks. Pastors who refuse to submit to the th authority of God's word. This is from the article at Wink News on how they arrived at this place where they're starting to host drag queen hours for in the name of, I don't know, Christian faith. And, and I want you to read with me this one paragraph from the, the article. It says, David Greenhaw is the interim senior minister at Naples UCC. He says, if you look at the side of the church, it says Naples United Church of Christ, an open and affirming congregation. And that means this church has discerned and decided that God believes that all people should be loved, and that we should be welcoming to all. Okay, okay. Um, whenever any minister or Christian says that they have discerned and decided what God believes, run, Forrest, run. Because that is a telltale sign that that church has lost its way. <laughs> it is not our job to decide what God believes. It is our job to change what we believe and to make it line up with what God declares. See, God declares. He doesn't decide. He declares what is true and what is right. And it's our job to shape our lives around it. As the scripture says in Ephesians 5:11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Nothing to do with it. Protect your kids. We we have to we have to protect our kids. Because most of this stuff happens online. And you might ask, well why the sudden uptick? Simple, because for two years, well, a little bit under two years, kids were locked down, sent home, put into their rooms in isolation because of COVID lockdowns. They got bored. They got interested in the internet more so than they even were before. And then they got indoctrinated by the lowest common denominator of moral ethics online. And today we're living with the result. And it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. CNN reporting an interesting news article from San Jose Quote, a 17-year-old boy died by suicide after, hours after being scammed. The FBI say it's, it's part of a troubling increase in sextortion cases. So what is sextortion? Uh, sextortion is this crime where a cyber criminal sends an explicit photo to a teen or any person really and then asks for one in return when the young boy did send them a picture of himself naked or whatever in a compromised position. Immediately, the, the sextortionist demands a payment. Well, in this case, they demanded a, uh, a payment of $5,000 to keep the pictures from being posted online. The teen told the cyber criminal that he could not pay the full amount and the demand was ultimately lowered from $5,000 to $150. But after paying them with his college savings, they kept demanding more and more payments. 
and put more and more pressure on the boy. The boy was caught. He was embarrassed. He was scared. And one night he went down into his room or up into his room and took his own life. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. Statistics from the article, too, by the way. The FBI, uh, the Bureau of Investigation, says there there, there are more than 18,000 extortion-related complaints in 2021 with losses in excess of one of $13 million. Uh, and they're mostly from the continent of Africa and Southeast Asia. That's so what you got to watch out for. Your kids are going to be susceptible to so many different kinds of predators from across the world because of the iPhone generation, the internet generation, the everything is online generation. Parents, be warned. Medical experts say from the article that there is a key reason why young males especially are vulnerable to sextortion-related scams. Here's why. Teen brains are still developing, said Dr. Scott Hadland, chief adolescent of medicine, chief of adolescent medicine at Mass General in Boston. So when something catastrophic happens, like a personal picture is released to people online, it's hard for them to look past that moment and understand that the big scheme of things, they'll be able to get through this. This is so true. And, and a couple of months ago, no, no, but about a year ago, I recommended a book. I hope you got it. I think every parent of a daughter needs to get this book it's called irreversible damage by abigail schreier the tagline is the transgender craze seducing our daughters and she unpacks how online engagement isolates girls who are far more social than boys and when girls are isolated they not only go down the wrong path but then they don't have the social skills to equip them on how to handle it and then she writes in the book and i want to quote this from page 108 she says teenagers are Far, teenagers take more risks than any other age group. And you think about that, that's true. They may even be neurologically inclined toward risk, especially where peer approval is on the line. It isn't just that teenagers do dumb things. It's that when faced with their peers, they almost can't help themselves. The prefrontal cortex believed to hold the seat of self-regulation typically does not complete development until age 25. Age 25, like, and, I, and I knew that a long time ago, like the brain was not fully developed until age 25. This is why when even your 18 to 20 year old says, I think I'm in the wrong gender, you have to say, no, you're not because your brain's not fully developed yet. You're just going through a phase. You're going through a stage, like settle down. Don't fall for all this stuff. And I get it. Not all kids are huge risk takers, but all kids do minimize the risks of their own decisions, regardless of what they do. And this is why the Lord put us parents as guardians of the gate, we are guardians of our gate. And parents, you got to take this seriously because the devil's coming for your children through, through suggestive and subtle means. The devil does not come out with a horn and tail dressed in red with a red robe and a pitchfork. No, he comes at you subtly with convincing arguments. That's how people fall for this stuff. And we've got to be aware of it. Uh, I found this report, a recent report from the FBI estimates that 500,000 online predators are going after your kids every day. This also from the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, quote, a look into OnlyFans, child sexual abuse material and trafficking. Uh, this article says OnlyFans markets itself as a social media platform where influencers can sell their content to a subscriber base. However, it's no secret that the overwhelming majority of the content is pornography. OnlyFans has become the latest iteration of the commercial sex industry and its popularity is rapidly escalating. What is perhaps most concerning is that OnlyFans is even growing in popularity amongst children. 
Recent news stories have highlighted cases of minors creating and selling sexually explicit content of themselves on OnlyFans. The child sexual abuse material, CSAM, uh, found on OnlyFans also includes instances where children are exploited by traffickers. Thus far, OnlyFans' age verification systems have failed to detect and prevent these cases of CSAM. What's more, their marketing strategies and attempts to normalize the commercial sex industry are contributing to the allure children feel towards webcamming through OnlyFans. So this is going to get worse and worse. And then the, the BBC article that I'm going to read in just a moment talks about this thorough investigation into the issue of minors creating this stuff. One 13-year-old said, I know it's not appropriate for kids my age to be doing this, but it's an easy way to make money. Some of the girls have thousands of followers on Instagram and they must be raking it in. I want to be just like them, end quote. Another 16-year-old bragged to her school career advisor about the money she was making through OnlyFans, asking why should she listen to any career advice from her? And you say, well, what article in this BBC did this come from? Uh, it came from this one, the children selling explicit videos on OnlyFans. And then they also link the reality of this problem to the missing children issue. So a paragraph from that article, missing children are increasingly being linked to OnlyFans videos, saying national, says the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, known as a global clearinghouse for reports of child sexual exploitation. In 2019, there were around a dozen children known to be missing from, link, from uh, being linked with OnlyFans content, says Vice President Stasha Sheehan. Last year, the number of those cases nearly tripled. Like, this is what's happening. You guys, you parents, moms and dads, you, you got to stand guard at the gate because the devil's playing for keeps. Get them out of public school. Get them out of public university unless they're going to go into an engineering degree or a medical degree. Well, even a medical degree, you got to be careful about public education or universities. You, you know, definitely watch out for gender studies degrees or um, sociological dis degrees or psychological degrees. I mean, watch out for this stuff because it's all been co-opted. It's all been co-opted by the alphabet gang and they're coming for your kids through this very suggestive, very convincing argument that will ultimately undermine your parental authority, your spiritual authority, and their Christian faith. You, you, you gotta be careful. I, your kids are under attack. I, I want you to take this seriously. It, and then all this leads me to a segment that my daughter does here on the deep end. Uh, she sits down and does a conversation. This time she did one with our children's ministry staff member, Nicole, at our church to discuss in more detail the dangers of child predators and the steps parents should take to safeguard their kids. Let's hit the conversation. Hello, everybody. My name is Olivia, and I'm here with Nicole. Uh, we are here to talk about the dangers of big tech. Um, I'm so honored to be here with Nicole. So Nicole's been with our church for so long. She actually was one of my youth uh, leaders back in the day, back in like when I was in middle school. So she has seen everything. So we're really just going to be talking about big tech and social media and all of that having to do with kids. So the first question I want to ask you, Nicole, since you have been uh, serving in the children's ministry for so many years, you obviously see over the years how social media has taken an impact on kids. So what are your takeaways from that? How have you seen the social social skills of these kids uh, developing over the years? Um, so I think there's been a lot of like positives and a lot of negatives. Mm -hmm. um, so to start on a high note, the positives definitely, um, I think kids are able to learn more faster. Um, they yeah. are more aware of things that are going on all around the world. 
um, whether it is for people who need help, people who are in need, they're like already aware, they're already kind of empathetic towards issues that are going on. They're really big, like an activist generation, I think is really brought on by just being aware of things that are happening, not just in their community, you know? So that's definitely a big positive. Um, Mm -hmm. I think another big positive is they're really good at connecting with each other and letting their friendships and relationships go beyond their school walls. Um, And I've seen a lot of that in the growth and just like the quick relational development has happened over the years. So I think that's a big positive. Um, Some of the negatives just happen to be that like, sometimes the social skills to connect with people outside of places where they've chosen to connect with people. So like, you know, you have your specific group of friends, but outside of that specific group of friends that you choose to talk to, they kind of are a lot more resistant to making those connections with new people. Uh, It's almost like it fills with anxiety and there's like a lot more nervousness to like connect with someone who I didn't choose to be in a connection space with. And I think also on top of that, like anxiety and depression are kind of at an all time high. And I think a lot of that comes from not being able to disconnect like we used to back when I was a kid. Like you come home from school and your socialization, not is like done, but like you're not in it all day, 24 seven. Like I didn't know what drama was happening at seven o'clock at night because I was at (laughs) home and watching TV with my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, the drama that we would like talk about the next day was like what happened in a TV show the night before. And Mm -hmm. the only way that I would connect with my friends was actually through email. My mom set up a little Mm -hmm. email for me and my friend and I would Mm -hmm. email back and forth. That was pretty much it. So it's just really crazy. I see my brother, like he's able to just FaceTime his friends Mm -hmm. any time of day. I think it was especially useful during the pandemic for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, kids still need to socialize. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like I, like I mentioned, they don't have any time to really decompress from that. You know, it's not healthy to be constantly Mm -hmm. in connection. So I agree. I really do think there are pros and cons to it too. Um, And that's why we're going to talk about the things to be aware of and stuff too. Um, So there's a healthy balance. So where do you think we should draw the line then when it comes to social media for youth? So unfortunately, I feel like it's not a one size fits all issue. I wish it was yeah. a make life so much easier. Um, yeah. When I think about like family planning for myself, I'm like, okay, like, what am I going to do about this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it really comes down to knowing your child and knowing what they can handle, what they're capable of. So some children are really good at just disconnecting at the end of the day. They have their phones, but they get home from school. They'll chat with some friends and they're disconnected. They're like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with my family. Some kids are addicted to it. And just cannot break away. Some kids are just so into the drama, into they need to be included at all times. It kind of takes over their lives. Um, I think it really, really comes into knowing your child and understanding when they're showing signs of being able to manage something healthily and showing signs of like, it's getting a little unhealthy. Maybe I should step in as a parent. Um, I wish I could say like the age is 16 and this is it. Yeah. This is what we know, but there's some 16 year olds who absolutely cannot handle it. And there's some 12 year olds who are, excellent at it yeah and also i just think it's also that like how many activities are they doing outside of their phone and Mm -hmm. stuff like that are Mm -hmm. they signed up for sports are they in drama club like um Mm -hmm. for me i was always at church like i always had that extracurricular because i was 12 years old when i was on instagram and that's when it was just starting so no one had any idea how it would blow up um but my parents were just like oh yeah go ahead like we have social media as long as we can follow you like that's fine mm-hmm. um but it's just progressed so much there's all these secret right. ways right. that kids can like find different loopholes and stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like it's just um a matter of like how connected are you to your own children you know and like how are you really yeah. getting to know them because the more that you really show that you know you're you want your interest in their life the less mm-hmm. they feel like they'll have to 
try to hide from you and stuff like that in building that trust. And also they just need to have a life outside of a phone. I think that having sports Mm -hmm. as a priority activities, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I do as an adult, (laughs) you know, like it's hard to see. I do. I actually do social media for work now. And so it's so hard Mm -hmm. to like break away from that now. So Mm -hmm. I have to like make sure I have my hobbies and stuff like that still, because just being so focused on the social world is just too much. I like how you were talking about not being able to decompress and also having those activities outside. Like that's so important because I think like even me, like this past week was so like busy and I found that I was on my phone, like not very often. Like I couldn't yeah. respond to people. It was totally fine, but I was like, wow, like being away from my phone is just healthy. Being able to be in real life all the time is healthy. Yeah. And also like how connected are you with your children to be able to like kind of know what they're doing and like mm-hmm. how your parents are like, yeah, you can have Instagram, but as long as we can follow you. I think that's yeah. like very yeah. important because like there's a lot of things out there and the world isn't there to protect your children. You are there to protect your children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like you exactly. being able to connect with your kids and like to know your, that your child is mature enough to, if something weird is going on, something sketchy mm-hmm. is going on on Instagram or on whatever social media they're using, are they going to come to you to let you know, hey, this just happened? Or are they going to try to hide it and mm-hmm. deal with it themselves? You know, exactly. so that's why that, connect, yeah. that connection above all else is so important. Yeah. And one thing that my parents prioritize, and I feel like this is why I never really felt the need to have to do um, a lot of scary things online is because they prioritize family dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the statistics really do show, I don't have them on me. I wish I did, but you know, <laughs> families, <laughs> families that eat together, they definitely have a stronger relationship with their children. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more mm-hmm. trusting and mm-hmm. it really decreases the levels of anxiety, depression, because, you know, you're making a family connection every night. And my mm-hmm. parents made it a priority family dinner, mm-hmm. Everyone sits at the table, no devices. We are talking mm-hmm. and sometimes we would be, you know, having <laughs> conversations. Sometimes we'll be arguing about something, but you know, mm-hmm. it's healthy though. You're making those connections with your family at the home mm-hmm. every single day. And I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Actually, this goes into my next question. How much parent involvement do you think is necessary when it comes to social media and devices? Um, I want to say a lot, a lot. So there's, there's the argument out there. I've been looking at different sources and different things, all that where parents are like, okay, well, like kids need privacy and they need privacy. They do need privacy, like yeah. in their bedroom when they're getting changed or when they're having certain <laughs> conversation with their friends. But I think when it comes to the internet, they need to have the respect and the boundaries with mm-hmm. some things, but when it's like, it's a war zone out there. I think yeah. the, the battle for privacy with your kids online, like what are they talking about that you yeah. can't be involved in? Who are they talking to? Like just yeah. that, that uh, word in regards to children on the internet, I'm just like, I don't think so. Like, again, this respect, like I'm not gonna, you know, encourage parents to like barge into their kids' conversations to figure out everything they're talking about. Um, I was reading something the other day about, it's like chat rooms that are available on like Roblox. Like, I don't even know like Roblox. Like I don't, I know like kids play the game and it's like, you know, they have fun with it, but I didn't even know there was like a chat option on Roblox where people can, kids can really just talk to whoever. And when I found that out, I was like, that's kind of weird. Like this is children. I understand they want to communicate with each other, but any thing that is targeted towards children that has an open chat is going to attract people who want to harm children. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of parents who were also in the comments who were like, I didn't know that was an option for Roblox. And I was like, wow, like they're so unaware. I was unaware. And I think that's like why parents need to be so involved. And like my, my thing is that if your kid has TikTok, you have TikTok. If your kid has Instagram, you have Instagram. You should know yeah. what is on there before your kid even goes on there so that you can a censor it or decide like, okay, like this is not a space you need to be in. 
maybe you have a TikTok account and you can scroll through whatever your kid wants to like scroll through on your account. Maybe that's what yeah. they can do. But I think yeah. like, I know kids want to be included. There's a lot of kids, especially like I work specifically with middle school right now. So like 11, 12, 13, and the 11 year olds want to be doing what the 13 year olds are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. 13 year olds want to be doing what the high schoolers are doing. And so yeah. they really want to be included. And I think that's like, you know, it makes sense. But you can include them in a way that's safe. Like I know some parents yeah. who don't let their kids have TikTok, but they can go on YouTube and watch the TikTok dances so that they are still like in the loop yeah. with their friends, you know? Definitely being as involved as possible when it comes to your kid and the internet is like it's yeah. crucial. Crucial. And the biggest thing that I really like that you mentioned was how this can attract predators. And mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. actually a TikTok account that I follow, and this guy sets he basically explains how simple it is for a predator to attract young girls online or young boys Mm -hmm. too um Mm -hmm. they can easily make a fake account they can easily Mm -hmm. research about this kid and find all the right questions and just pretend to be someone their age and this guy Mm -hmm. pretends to be he actually does the same thing as the predator but this is how he catches them he pretends to be a young girl and Mm -hmm. he attracts a predator so that they think they're talking to a young girl and Mm -hmm. he kind of shows all the messages that happen what the guys say and then he's like oh let's meet at like walmart and so he publicly humiliates them in walmart and basically he says this guy's here to meet a 13 year old girl which amazing because yes Mm -hmm. we should be Mm -hmm. humiliating these people it's very disgusting how they're Mm -hmm. you know attracting these young girls um but that's why it's so dangerous he's trying to prove the point that it's so easy for this to happen and there's Mm -hmm. even videos on youtube where parents want to see how easily their kids would do that so they actually hire people to Mm -hmm. pretend to be a predator and reach out to their kids online see what their kids would do and it's really Mm -hmm. sad when the kids actually do end up meeting the person yeah Um, Yeah. and we need to protect our kids and um there's so many things online that Mm -hmm. yes like it's bound to you know they're bound to learn about it at some point but Mm-hmm. I would rather, like, personally, I'd rather he- like the kids hear it from their parents yes. and you know, from a very protective mm-hmm. standpoint than the world showing them. Like same thing yep. in the church, you know, like we preach about things that we don't want the world to be teaching us about. We need to learn yeah. it from a biblical perspective mm-hmm. and the same thing. You need to be learning it from your parents and um, mm-hmm. a biblical perspective in the home. So I think it's the same thing. So I totally agree. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as privacy when you're a minor. <laughs> there really no. isn't, you mm-hmm. know, like you don't even know like how to do most of you don't really know you're not fully developed basically and Mm -hmm. you you know there will be a time when you can make those decisions but I think it's really important for the parents to play a big role in that that goes into my last question actually so everything that we talked about what advice would you give to parents when it comes to being um with technology when it comes to technology with their children and having their kids using technology Uh, my biggest advice is to be aware Technology is going to be changing consistently. It always yeah. is always changing. Um, every new te- with every new technology that comes out, there's a new way to trap kids. Um, yeah. Right now, like my husband and I, we are very big into VR. Like we we love it. It is cool. We have the Oculus Quest Two, and oh, yeah. we love to be on that like all the time. Um, and it's fun. But even as an adult, I can see the way that this could be very dangerous for children. Um, I was actually, I follow this account on Instagram that talks about um, just protecting our children. And they were talking about VR chat rooms is an app called VR chat. I was in it for maybe 35 seconds and I was like, what is this? Um, But um, uh, it's, you know, targeted towards children. Children have fun. It's kind of like just nonsense platform, but within a nonsense platform for children is like no surprise, also spaces where predators are lurking and they're searching and they're trying to find your kids. And uh, there was someone who was talking about how they stumbled into a VR strip club as a minor 
and it was very explicit and I'm just like there's a grown adult who created this within a space that children frequently they did that intentionally so your kids just stumble into this space and of course like if I'm six seven eight and I just stumbled into this and I know it's wrong I'm gonna take off the headset but I'm not telling my mom and my dad you know what I mean oh yeah oh yeah um and kids are exposed to things constantly. I actually did a, just did a series with the middle school ministry um, about uh, what was the sex talk. And one of the topics we talked about was pornography and not to let them know, you know, mm-hmm. what it's all about, but basically to let them know, like, there's dangers out there and people are out there to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked my entire class for all three services. I was like, hey, have you not in person? I had them write it down on cards so that it was anonymous and they didn't feel like they're going to be judged. But I was like, have you at any point in your life been exposed to pornography? And all of them said, yes, every wow. single one of them, yeah. every single card said, yes, I have. And I was amazed. So like there's 11, 12, 13 year old kids in there. Um, there's the kids who you think would never have ever seen. it, don't know what it is. And they said, yes. And there's the kids who are just like, okay, like potentially you might've been introduced to it. You know what I mean? But like everyone said, yes, there was an article that I was reading on Instagram the other day, actually maybe a little while ago where a parent was um, discovered that her kid wasn't even like, not even as far as that, but someone Mm -hmm. was introducing her to really depressive conversation and self-harm. And so her daughter slowly started to get more and more depressed and withdrawn. And she was like, what is going on with my kid? And realized that there was a child online who was like, if you don't talk to me today, I'm going to kill myself. It'll be your fault. And this was so burdened by this person, but like, you know, like we, we think about predators in one sense, but not the other sense where like this child just felt like I had to, make sure I play with this kid online because he's going to hurt himself because of me. And yeah. the mom had to just explain like, this is not your burden to carry. So there's a lot out there to really like corrupt our kids. And we are, it's mm-hmm. our job to protect them. Like as leaders, yeah. as parents, you guys are the first line to just make sure that your kids are safe and yeah. make it to adulthood without being traumatized unnecessarily. I mean, life happens, life does yeah. happen, but we can mm-hmm. prevent it as much as we can for now, yeah. you know? So I totally agree. So thank you so much um, for giving us that perspective because it's so important. You know, parents are always saying like, oh, well, like, I don't know. how I'm not tech savvy. I don't know how to. Well, you need to learn at some yeah, point. Tech savvy. Learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's either learn or lose your child to something so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that choice is up to you. Um, mm-hmm. I would just take the route to just watch a quick YouTube video on how to use Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, worth it. Yeah. You won't regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you so much, Nicole, for coming today. Um, thank you so much for giving us this perspective and thank you guys for listening. Um, this is really great. And I hope this really informed you about the dangers of technology for children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always the ending where it's like so awkward. <laughs> I was like, what do I do? <laughs> Bye guys. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Olivia and Nicole, for your time and for the valuable conversation. Now, I want to give you some tactical suggestions. I had my uh, assistant look these up, and I want to offer them to you. Some tactical solutions, some apps, some solutions to figuring out how to protect your kids. So there's the MSpy app. This was highly recommended by my assistant. It scans text messages, emails, uh, messaging apps, uh, looks for harmful messages, inappropriate content. Uh, It refreshes every five minutes. You're up to date on what your child is doing online. Also has a built-in GPS, allows you to track their movements. So if you know if they're in the mall, like they said they would be. It also allows you to see the pics they share and receive as well. Uh, that's just one example. There's also uh, Custido, which is Custidio, which is begins with a Q. 
Um, another way in which you can keep tabs on your children's web and search engine use. And then there is Net Nanny, uh, another solution. You know, look them up, check your own stuff out, read the reviews, and figure out. Uh, what you think you should do to protect your children online because this is a different world is a crazy world and That is all that I have for tactical suggestions. Now. Let me give you a spiritual direction. Let me close out this episode by by Moving on from James 4 6 right God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble very next verse, it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded, be wretched, and mourn and weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you, and I think about this, May 31st, tomorrow we're going to wake up. And everybody that you know, we, we, we know or some people that we know, family members are going to have the overlay of the gay flag or your company is going to have some kind of indoctrination thing that you're supposed to sit through or there's going to be, I don't know, a moment of silence for Harvey Milk at your high school. I don't know. There's going to be just a bunch of stuff coming at you. What do we do as Christians? We do not follow the mantras of this age. We submit ourselves to God. We submit ourselves to to God and we resist the devil and then he flees and then I love verse 8 if you draw near he'll draw near to you like some of you I'm not close to God we'll draw near to him how prayer meditation on the word time in the scriptures with God's people through a Sunday morning worship experience a small group experience serving with your hands to serve the others to serve the less fortunate with a church a local assembly and then repent turn away from sin let God cleanse you and, and, and get serious about these attacks because they're coming for your kids. And I care enough to share this with you so that you and your family will be healthy and safe. And then ultimately, verse 10, humble yourselves before God and he will exalt you. In a world where everyone is trying to exalt themselves, God's people humble themselves so that in due season, the Lord will exalt us as he sees fit. That's the episode, everybody. I'm so glad you were here. If you can support the channel, that would be very much appreciated so we can continue with our advertising and paying our bills. Cash at me, uh, cash tag Tim Hatch Live or timhatchlive.com slash support. Become, consider becoming a regular monthly contributor. I really appreciate your financial support and uh, we're gonna continue to build this content no matter what you do because it's so important and it's just a passion of mine. We're gonna keep getting it out. Uh, like the video if you would. If you liked and appreciated this content, subscribe to the channel and give that beard some love. And then hit that notification bell so that you're always notified on your smartphone device when we go live bad news tomorrow there is no deep dive bible study but it will be back next week as of the end of this episode i'm praying for you i'm believing god for you to have a wonderful summer keeping your kids healthy and yourself healthy if you're one of those children and safe from the attacks of the enemy may god bless you have a good night